and welcome to another episode of the Philosophy Guy, and hello to my fellow curious minds. So today's episode, we are going to talk about psychedelics, the mind, consciousness, and kind of meaning around that, but also looking at it through a different lens, more about the, I would almost like to say, symbolic nature of it, more philosophical in a sense. Um, So basically, have you ever thought to yourself, what am I taking as a given in the world, in the, the cosmos, the universe? And particularly, what am I taking as a given about my conscious experience? Do you think what we we observe from the physical world, from the earth to space, that's where we should be gathering our knowledge? So I'm assuming that would be a common answer for many. But why? Have we all have we all looked up all the information on this matter and determined, yep, this this is where we should gather our knowledge about the universe? You know, so let's let's examine these thoughts in this episode. Let's examine consciousness in a different way. And maybe if if I play my if I play my cards right here, it will make you rethink what you think you know about your conscious waking experience. Your basically your sub, partially your subjective perspective about the objective world. You know, so I'd also like to add this episode. We're going to cover this topic from a much more philosophical lens. I feel like I haven't really done that in a while, and I call it the philosophy guy, so I feel the need, the pull to do that. So I do call myself the philosophy guy, so it's about time I do this more philosophical focus once again. But as always, before we dive in, uh, check out the Patreon page for those bonus episodes. I'm planning some of those so I can get, like, basically just drop a bunch of those at once. And that helps support the show, spread the show, because it helps me spend more time on this. Um, But also you can just, you know, rate on iTunes and share with your friends, send me fun messages about your thoughts and your thoughts about the podcast so I can learn what you all are looking for. Um, Join the Discord. Yeah, what else? All those links are below. Check out my TikTok. TikTok's fun. Um, But yeah, let's stop blabbering and let's enter the labyrinth. Let me ask you the question. Do aliens exist? Now, your mind might go immediately to a yes or no answer. You might add a clarifier of, yes, because of the grand landscape of the cosmos, statistically speaking, aliens exist. Yada, yada, yada. The argument goes on, right? Right? So I'm even guessing most people that listen to this show will fall into the yes category of aliens in some form or matter exist. Now, before I say the next part, I want to add another clarifier. I'm just throwing some stuff out there, so, so, so some food for thought, some things to consider. So I'm not going to tell you, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I'm not going to like 
as as you know, as a common theme of the show, I'm not going to tell you my this this is my position and I am here to stay. No, I, I don't do that. I just found it extremely interesting this topic today. So, for those of you that have done a psychedelic journey, let's say, where you want to where where you went a bit deep, as you'd like to say, that you went you went down the rabbit hole, right? So maybe some of you have experienced what felt like another entity, an alien life form, a being, a god, blah, 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 blah. Just something beyond what you thought of as your conscious experience. Something in there with you during your conscious experience. But, 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 but maybe it is just a different configuration. Maybe that thought's coming up of your subconscious that created this new being for you to converse with. Maybe. That's also plausible. Could be just your subconscious. Or maybe it is tapping into something. We don't know, but that's the that's the issue because the conscious experience is a very subjective individual experience of you. So it's really hard to verify this stuff, which it makes it really fun to think about and consider the alternatives and the ways those alternatives can change your, your perspective on various things. And that's kind of the motivation for this episode. So that might even be the most plausible conclusion of the, the subconscious idea where it's just like the subconscious creation. You know, basically that follows a more scientific understanding. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Don't get caught up on that too much. However, are we coming to that conclusion based on something we assume about the conscious experience? Something that's that's become, keyword, become, It's not as in it hasn't always been, it's not always been this way, the assumption about where or what our conscious experience is. The assumption being that the brain is the thing that produces the mind. So another way to put it, the brain being the given as the thing that produces our sense of consciousness, our subjective experience, the sense of I, the sense of you. So I know I've covered many topics around this issue before, so I promise you this stuff is through a much different lens as, I, as I'm trying to do, as I'm hoping the alien <laughs> mention I mentioned just before might indicate. So, in our typical look for aliens in space, the cosmos, and, and even, even Earth, evidence of that, right? With recent mentions of galactic federations and shit in the news and, and all of the conspiracy material that we will not be covering on this show because it's not exactly my style. That's, that's, other, that's for other people to cover if you're into that. But it seems aliens have become more and more ripe for discussion recently. And I always wonder why this stuff pops up. Why is... Do these topics pop up as more quote-unquote popular? But have you ever considered, why do we only search for aliens with our eyes wide open? We have this conscious experience. Why must we assume that this experience is purely a physical manifestation? The physical, and and, and people also get caught up on that word physical. It's not saying that the conscious experience is not some form of physical, but physical in the typical scientific sense. The physical might create a certain type of conscious experience, but that doesn't necessarily mean that consciousness cannot exist separate from our physical magic meat suits. That type of consciousness would be different. The key being different. Different means it could still exist. So we have no no problem acknowledging other animals have a, have a, have a conscious experience different from ours. But what if consciousness is more fundamental to this magical land we call home? We seem to only look for answers in the eyes open world. The world Immanuel Kant calls the phenomena. 
So trust me, I'm fully aware of this. This is, <laughs> I'm doing some just speculation I'm making because it makes me think about stuff differently. It makes me reconsider what I know. It, it's humbling to think about it this way, to insert doubt into our mindset constantly, constantly making you, forcing you into state of openness. You see, established truths we take for granted, you know, they started as an idea within our fellow human minds. And idea, an idea that's, that, that started from the point of just mere speculation, a speculation that we couldn't prove at that moment. But the speculation created a, maybe a more strong foundation at times. So let's have some reason-based speculation around this idea, shall we? All right. So it's time for another quick clarifier. Those experiences I mentioned earlier, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking highly aware of the common occurrences that comes with people having a psychedelic experience. Some come away convinced they talked with aliens. Some swear it's God. And honestly, it ends up being interpreted as something that often matches the, the culture that person happens to be part of. I'm aware of this. That's fascinating. That's interesting to look at. Why does that happen? I think it's kind of almost intuitive of why that happens. But it's still interesting to consider the possibility of it being just just something, something beyond our own consciousness, something that we can't see with the eyes wide open, you know, or connecting something with our own consciousness in some way. So let's do some philosophy. And I want to explain these philosophical schools of thought because this duo ended up having a nice kind of intellectual masturbation session with the materialist. And honestly, I just found it fascinating to read about. And this is my show. So we talk about what I find interesting and I end up hoping it does for you as well. So so allow me to introduce the logical positivist who essentially asserted that logical proves that could be verified through direct observation are meaningful or helpful, I guess. It's essentially a version of empiricism that focuses on Wittgenstein's issues with language, as in the importance or the, the, the imprecise nature of it. So they would say a priori statements, which are, you know, justifications prior to experience are bullshit. Well, why the fuck does that matter? You know, what What I just mentioned takes direct issue with the mystical experiences. Those experiences that seem to go beyond our default, default existence. Maybe, maybe even somewhere else. So, so for the logical positivist, that shit is useless. But oh, those logical positivists made famous in the 1920s ran into the problem of other minds. And that's the interesting part for bringing this up in my mind about the conscious experience. It directly relates to that thing. I get it. Psychedelic experiences and all that stuff, very, very, very subjective. And I do absolutely get concerned of how certain people are that their experience is the experience. And anyone that, that says otherwise is fucking wrong. Like everyone else's experience is the wrong one. I honestly think that's probably how religions end up in some format getting made to some degree. But the subjective experience of an individual is important to understand, and I think it's important to contemplate about. Because there's still those similar themes. The subjectiveness becomes of from our kind of imprecise language at describing that experience, right? But the logical positive is run into the problem with other minds. 
you know, how can I know you, you know, yeah, like you listening, how can I verify your experience? How can I observe your conscious experience? You know, figure out the neuron connections of the brain, put a chip in your brain to see what you're seeing, but I can't know your emotional state. I can't have that feeling, the true cognitive impact of, of you hearing my voice. How do we experience someone having a mind? We don't. That's it. We don't. So I'm trying to create an oversimplified explanation of this for the purposes of this episode. But this boils down to many personal human descriptions of their state, stuff we should, we would, we would like to verify, would become meaningless. If you say, you think the words I'm spewing are complete bullshit. Maybe you're right. But how can I verify that with my senses that the neurological positives are relying on? I can hear you say it, but I can't know the workings of your mind. I don't know you have a mind under the worldview. Something is missing is my point with this worldview. It is, it's imprecise in describing the human experience. There's a major flaw. Something is missing. So you then had some of the, some of the, the positives team up with a similar school of thought, the behaviorist, who essentially focus on observable behavior as a means to study the human psyche, very much related to positivism and empiricism for that matter. These both came up around the same time, but the behaviorist really shifted the thinking in psychology, another school of thought, or not school of thought, but area of, of academia I'm very fascinated by but it shifted us from focusing on those inner workings in the mind into instead focusing on the, the observable behaviors. They thought those inner workings could be explained by the observable behaviors they performed. So psychologists like Freud and, and, and Carl Jung, who are considered psychoanalysts, criticize this method. As they saw the, the subconscious and for young, the, the subjective inner experience as vital for understanding human behavior, as, as do I, as do I. So there's my bias. I see that subjective inner experience, that importance of psychoanalyzing yourself as foundational to understanding our role here, understanding ourselves, understanding how the cosmos works. I think that's it's it's something that is untapped. It's probably the most untapped mystery we have left in this cosmos of what we can possibly fathom, and it's something we should work on. So, you know, like <laughs> I know I'm typically not, I'm not one to give my outright opinion often, but when dealing with consciousness, I take harder stances because I think it's just so vital for my understanding of the human condition. It's the thing we rely on. It's the thing we verify fucking everything with. The behaviorists wanted to boil us down to robotic meat suits with an illusion of a subjective experience. And many, not all, in the fields of science loved it. It was it oversimplified things, I think. Consciousness was and still is the enigma that perplexes many in the field of science. It's easily one of our greatest mysteries, and I think it might be the greatest mystery. Our self-awareness, or at the very least, perception of that self-awareness. This also led to neuroscientists to not really pay mind to understanding consciousness for a while. You know, it, it was just, we can just observe the behaviors of, of our fellow human beings and we can figure enough out. Hoorah. No, no, that, that didn't work. You know, it, it, it just showed these, these influences by these schools of thought and these combinations and, and, and how people, it changes, alters the way people think about themselves in the world. And sometimes it has, I think, negative effects. 
which sends, like I said, ends up influencing the public, the trickle down of those ideas. So part of the reason I find it so important to find a way to present this stuff to a mass audience, I'm, I'm not telling you to take my word for it. Do not take my word for it. What the fuck do I know? You know, I'm not special. <laughs> I'm telling you to question the words you take from others that you once viewed as obvious. What else is being trickled down to us as this, this thing that is given? Someone else that has become so convinced with their own mind, their own, their own truth, that they persuade others to believe the same. And in doing that, believe in the same flaws, defending those flaws of, their, of someone else's argument as, and pretending like it was their own. But the logical positivists and the behaviorists found themselves working in harmony with a rising worldview, the materialist, materialism, which is the type of, which is a type of philosophical monism where matter is the, the keyword key, essential, foundational substance in nature. It's the idea that every phenomena, including consciousness, are byproducts of purely the material process. Maybe that is true. I don't know. And I do think the mind or the brain plays a role, obviously, in that conscious experience. We have evidence of that, of how when you alter your brain, you basically alter your conscious experience. But that doesn't necessitate the fact that consciousness can't be some sort of substance that is coming through and your brain is deciphering that. That might be a topic for another day. We'll see where that goes because I know that might turn people off. And I'm trying to keep this episode as precise as possible. And for me, I can't get over how it appears to be a, a, a worldview, talking about materialism that overly conflates correlation with causality, relying purely on the observed and measurable, but measurable in what way? How are we measuring? What are we measuring? Based on an assumption that we can only rely on the observable physical. That is a, that is a massive assumption, fucking huge assumption, which might be true. Like maybe that is the best assumption to make. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. It might not even be within human capacity to understand much more about this grand cosmos. Maybe that's true. I know other generations have said that, so I don't really put too much too much of my belief eggs in that basket. But our minds and brains might not have the processing power. Yes, minds and brains are much different. And no, I'm not an idealist on the, the nature of consciousness, right? Another, another topic for another day, but I've kind of covered that in other episodes. But my point is, does that subjective, that's, that, that conscious and mysterious human experience within our minds say more about the cosmos than we might think? Should we consider the possibility that, that stuff we simply perceive is all there is? What lies within the unseen? When people come away from the psychedelic experience, for example, thinking they have been shot to some other world, dimension, or space... Are they just delusional? Just purely a fun shift on our brain chemistry that produces a different experience within the mind? I agree, actually. You know, maybe. That's a, that's a big part of that question. What if the brain is receiving some sort of signal, a signal of consciousness, that the brain then deciphers and produces you? And right now I'm probably sounding like some stoner fucking hippie living in la-la land. And, and to be fair, maybe, uh, who knows, right? Uh, you know, that's, that's part of the human experience too, is you have to make these assumptions to keep yourself sane. You have to decide some things that are true for you and rely on them, right? 
But in part two, I hope to demonstrate some arguments to help back up this idea, raising the possibility that tapping into a more profound understanding of our conscious experience is vital to transforming our understanding around the workings of the universe, our arguments and philosophy, and maybe our understanding of life itself. Probably a bit of of all of those, to be honest, but I'll leave you with this today, though. If you come to accept or embrace the possibility that our current default waking experience is a hallucination created by the mind in some sense, as in an inaccurate, inaccurate representation of the objective physical world, what does that mean for the psychedelic experience? An experience that has many people leaving the experience, perceiving their new, you know, this new hallucination as something more real. And maybe one more thought about beliefs in general. We allow ourselves to believe that beliefs that go against established truths are built on delusion. A temptation by the devil, so to speak. So I'll leave you this quote. This quote from the show Attack on Titan. But maybe consider it through the lens of this episode that I've kind of been talking about and, and the beliefs people latch on to based on, on pre-established norms, pre-established truths, and, and this what seems to be often a desire to avoid speculation. And the quote is, The only truth in the world is that there is no truth. Any one of us can become a god or a devil. All it takes is someone to believe it. As always, thank you for listening, and I'm so happy you take the time to listen to my thoughts and, you know, go with me on this voyage of trying to figure out what the fuck's going on and trying to figure out what the fuck's going on in my mind. But as always, appreciate you, love you all, and peace. But as always, when the episodes come to a close, you must get the fuck out my life. <laughs>